Hi everyone. It's nice to be back on the podcast again. As you guys might have listened to, there's a new episode. It's a collaboration between me and Mango. You should definitely check out Mango's podcast. Like, uh, within the next episode, after you listen to this one, or vice versa, it is a really great podcast, and I did a collab with with Mango. I've been waiting to do this collab for a couple months, and we finally did it, so you should definitely check that episode out, and please contact me, like, just please. If you want to, you can send in voice messages, and if you are okay with it, just send me a comment and be like, you can put it in the episode, because I will always ask before I put it in. So, without further ado, let's get on with the episode. Chapter 21. Scarlet's yellow eyes were small slits between orange scales. Now where, she hissed, did you hear about that particular law? Oh yeah, just a reminder, this is right after, what's it called? Um, Right after Clay was shielding Peril, and she calls in for like, Uh, I call upon the tradition of the champion shield. So she wants to stand and fight for her mother. Okay, let's get on. Harold shifted on her talons. I, 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 I read about it. I bet you did, Scarlet said. With her claws that burned right through paper. With claws that burn right through paper when you touch it. Someone's been telling you things too big for your little dragon ears. No, Peril said too quickly. Nobody. The queen was airborne before Peril could choke out another word. Scarlet snatched Osprey up in her talons and shot into the sky. Stop, Peril yelled. It's not his fault. She leaped into the air and beat her wings, chasing them. Clay watched the queen rise higher and higher above the arena. Osprey writhed in her talons. Sorry. His tail hanging heavily below him, Scarlet had nearly reached the height of the wire net when suddenly she opened her talons and dropped the old dragon. He plummeted like a stone. Clay had never thought about how a dragon needs his tail for balance while flying. Osprey's wings were slow to extend, and when they did, he lurched horribly. And dragged down by his useless weight of his tail, Peril darted at him. Talons outstretched, but he twisted away from her, and she stopped, helpless. If she caught him, that caught him, the burns would kill him just as much as the fall, perhaps. Sorry about the background noise. My desk is getting hit. Clay saw her claws reach out again anyway, but it was too late. Osprey flapped his wings in one last burst of energy, but he couldn't right himself. He hit the sand with an awkward, at an awkward angle. 
Every dragon in the arena heard the ripping and snapping of his bones and breaking the wings, tearing his snap, uh, tearing as he tumbled. He collapsed near the arena wall. Harold landed beside him. And I, oh, wait. Oh. I got ahead. Queen Scarlet fluttered. Delicate, delicately back on her balcony perch. I hope this has been a lesson to any other dragons who were thinking of my te of teaching my champion bad habits, she said, playing around the arena. arena. He's not dead, Peril said, clawing at the sand. He will be soon, Queen Scarlet. Queen Scarlet waved a dismissive claw. Now I won't argue with the champion's shield. The champion has asked to stand for the prisoner. I will choose her opponent. They will battle at the end of the games tomorrow. If she wins, Kestrel goes free. Well, if not, well, we'll get to execute Kestrel right afterward. In all, a wonderful, a wonderfully bloody day for me and Queen Burn to look forward to. Excuse me, sorry. Excuse the noise. The cold wind whipped around Clay. Piercing, <clears throat> sorry, stop moving. I'm sorry about that. Clay's piercing whipped around the cold wind, whipped around Clay, piercing the wounds on his back and whistling through his scales. Byron was coming here tomorrow, and when she left, she'd be taking Sunny with her. All right, Peril said, staring down at. Osprey last dying spasms. Tomorrow then, she reached for Osprey's talons and stopped, her claws hovering over his agonizingly close but not touching. Of course, we'll have to lock Kestrel back up, said Queen Scarlet. We couldn't, we wouldn't want her trying to escape again. You understand? Fine. Peril turned and looked at Kestrel. They faced each other as Vermilion dismissed the crowd. Dragons began to pour out of the arena, buzzing with excitement. And when most of the crowd was gone, Kestrel pointed her pointed to the chains around her mouth. She wanted to talk to Peril. No, Peril said. As one of the guards stepped forward and started and she stared, not started, she stared into Kestrel's eyes. You killed my brother. You left me here. It's your fault my friend is dead. I may not want you dead, but I don't want to know you. She turned and left the arena. She turned and left the arena. The guards dragged Kestrel away under Queen Scarlet's triumphant smile. Clay's head was spinning. He tried to catch Tsunami's eye, but she was storming around on her platform, clawing angrily at the air. Across from him, Starflight was sitting up and looking at the sky. Clay tried to think of peril, succeed 
If Peril succeeded in freeing Kestrel, surely Kestrel would try to free the Dragonets as well. Maybe she'd go to the Talons of Peace for help. But by then, it might be too late, at least for some of them, certainly for Sunny. Sorry. Who would be on her way to the Samuel Stronghold in Burns' clutches, and perhaps for Starflight, who might even have to fight in the arena tomorrow. Maybe for even for Tsunami and Clay himself, if they had, they had to fight too. No, they couldn't wait for Kestrel. They had to escape before the games tomorrow. Clay wondered if Peril would help them now that she knew how the Queen had betrayed her. He waited hopefully for her to come back, but the next day wore on, with no more activity in the arena below. The hot sun baked the mud on his back until it began crumbling away into dust. When the wind, wind not wind, when the wind yanked at his tail, he his wings like a dragonette playing with prey. Peril never came. When the guards dropped off another pig, pig at midday, Clay tried to ask them to take a message to Peril, but the guards snorted fire at him, scaring the pig right into Clay's talons and flew away without responding. The only good news was that he didn't notice the broken wire. Was that he did not notice the broken wire attached to Clay's right talon. By the time the sun started drifting down over. The western peaks, Clay was getting anxious. Was Peril alright? What if the queen decided to get rid of her before she could fight for Kestrel? Heavy wing beats in the distance distracted him from his worries. He looked up as a <sighs> as a score of sandwings appeared from the west. Outlined by the red glow of the setting sun, the largest one was in the lead, and the others fanned out in a V for the in a V formation behind her. They swooped towards the Queen's Palace, staying perfectly in perfect lines, and vanished beyond a distant wall. Where Clay guessed the landing field for visitors was, Burn was here. She was the biggest and meanest of the three rivals for the Sandwing throne. She held the Sandwing palace, strong, palace stronghold. From what Clay could remember, she was most likely to win the war and most likely to kill anyone who got in her way. Dune was warned, had warned them that she was the most dangerous dragon in Pyraria, even meaner than Queen Scarlet. They knew the story of what she did to the skyving egg before they all hatched. Scarlet was bad enough, but Burn was the worst possible dragon to get her claws on the dragonettes of destiny. It seemed like only a few moments had passed when Clay saw the lead dragon come winging back over the wall towards the arena. As she flew closer, he could see her mus muscles rippling rippling in her back like wind over sand dunes. Her poisonous tail was coiled up above her 
and her black eyes were staring straight at Clay. He found himself crouching lower as she swept overhead. Her neck whipped around to keep her eyes on him as she flew in a circle, around and around just above him. He didn't know what to do. He couldn't read her expressions at all. After a minute, she hissed at him with a forked black tongue. One second. Okay. Let me keep the computer on. She darted away to circle over Tsunami's head, then Starflight. Even Tsunami seen, seemed cowed by the silent silent inspection. All three dragonettes stayed still and watched until Burn flew away again and disappeared into the palace. We have to get out of here, Clay thought. Now, tonight. He couldn't imagine what those dark eyes would see if Sunny in Sunny. He had a horrible feeling Burn would collect the little sandwich by killing, stuffing, and mounting her on the wall. But that's that's impossible. This is worse than their situation under the mountain. There at least they had been together. Clay wasn't the clever thinker of the group, but he couldn't come up with the He couldn't come up with brilliant ideas and brilliant escape plans all by himself. He realized Peril hadn't kept her end of the bargain by telling him where Sunny was. So even if he could get down from his prison, he would have no idea how to find Sunny in the vast skyving palace. Had Peril forgotten about him or was she angry for some reason? Clay paced, fretting and the leaf wire whacked at his other tongue. He peered down at it. The sun was just a gold, a golden silver against the mountains. The moons were only starting to climb the sky. He didn't have much light. He held up his free talent at last, up to the last of the sunlight. The wire had a curious clasp that held it in place around his leg. As long as it was mostly taut, But now the wire was loose at one end. He could see how to slide it out by how. He could see how to slide it out by warring it with one talon. The other end had once been attached to horizon. The sand ring prisoner Peril had killed. Now it was clipped into a ring at the center of the empty rock platform, which was why no one else had noticed that it was swinging free. After sorry, after a moment of poking at the clasp, Clay was able to work the wire off his leg. He was left with with a stretch of wire about the length of his own tail. It was made up of a hard sinewy metal that gleamed silvery pink in the last rays of the sun. The same stuff in the bands on his wings. He could guess that it was fireproof or the other prisoners would have blazed through the fire the wires a long time before him, which meant peril scales must have been significantly hotter than regular fire to blaze through the wire so easily. Clay glanced around 
Most of the sorry, most of the prisoners were curled up for sleep for the night. It was only sunset, but there was not much else to do upon the rock columns. There were no guards in sight. They must be hung on some kind of welcome welcome banquet. Sorry, happening for Burn. Hopefully, all the skiving soldiers would be there, feasting and laying bets on the gladiator fight schedule for tomorrow. And hopefully, he could just get her attention. Oh, wait. I skipped a line. And hopefully, Peril would be in her room, the closest cave to the arena. If he could just get her attention. If he could only talk to her, maybe she'd find a way to save them. He wrapped one end of the wire around each of his front talons and tried swing it across, sawing it across the wire that extended from his neck out, out in, into the web. He hoped it would slice through some, slice through or something useful like that, but both wires looked undamaged when he stopped, but he slid the wires across each other and an eerie note echoed across the arena like a lone cry of a bird or the last hum of a harp string. That was kind of cool, Clay thought. He wondered if he could make a different make different notes. He tried sliding the wire farther away from him then closer to his neck, and he tried the other three wires attached to his legs. The sounds were different, higher, lower, but still with that eerie, monotonic, mm, mon- Maniacally quality, maniacally quality to them. Maybe Peril would hear this and come and talk to me, Clay thought. But how would she know it wasn't just the wind or owls calling? A song, the only song he knew was the one Tsunami sometimes sang to annoy the guardians. About the dragon that's coming to save the day? Still, maybe that will tell her that it's me calling. He tried the wires again until he found the notes that he wanted. It was fully dark now. With the only distant glimmering of the moonlight creeping up the mountains, he could see that he could see the prisoners across the arena from him. At he couldn't, he couldn't see the prisoners across the arena from him at all. But he hoped Starflight and Tsunami would be listening. Clay concentrated, sliding the wires in order. Oh, the dragonettes are coming. He paused. It was too slow. When Tsunami sang it, the song was fast and fierce. You could imagine a hall full of dragons roaring at top volume, but Clay couldn't get get the wires. Couldn't get between the wires quick, quickly enough to get the notes right and keep that tempo. He tried again. They're coming to save the day. The notes echoed around the arena, soft and mournful. How could Peril ever recognize it? It sounded like ghosts of ancient dragons whispering from under the sands. Maybe if I keep, maybe if he kept practicing, they're coming to fight for they know what's right. The dragonettes. Clay stopped. The last hooray would sound particularly ridiculous as an ancient ghost whisper. This was hopeless. Oh, the dragonettes are coming. Clay leaned forward. That was the echo coming back to him. But 
He could clearly hear words in it. They're coming to save the day. He swiveled his head to the left. That was definitely a voice, a second voice, and neither one was Tsunami, because these dragons could actually sing. They're coming to fight, for they know what's right, the dragonets. Now, there are at least six voices, all as soft as the haunting as the notes from the wires. They slowly faded out, leaving off at the last parade just as Clay had done. The prisoners were singing. Clay set the, his wires together and began to play again. This time, one voice after another joined in. As the arena began to fill with moonlight, Clay saw the prisoner to his left, the ice wing, with her silvery head stretched toward the sky, singing. He picked up the pace a little, the fourth, a little, the fourth time around. Although the notes still had that eerie, plaintive sound, even if this didn't get Peril's attention, the singing filled him with a wild, hopeful feeling. It seemed like every prisoner in the sky was singing now. He was pretty sure he could even hear Tsunami's croaky voice and surf like it's pure tenor. The song meant something even to dragons hardened on the battlefield in the arena. They believed in the dragons and the prophecy, dragonettes and the prophecy, prophecy for the first time. Clay, Clay's dreams of doing something big and legendary and helpful seem like they belong to this world instead of his imagination. They were on their sixth time through the song, all of them singing wholeheartedly, but at the last blast of fire, when a last, when a last blast of fire shot through the arena doors below and Queen Scarlet stormed into the sand with Burn right behind her. Now stop that infernal noise right now, Burn roared, roared. The singing broke off at once. Clay quickly hid the wires in a fold of his wing. Although he didn't think the queens could see the prisoners very well up in the dark. You, Queen Scarlet growled, pointing at Tsunami, and you, pointing, pointed at Clay. And well, probably not you, but get down here anyway, she snarled at Clay. Skyving so soldiers spilled, skyving soldiers spilled out of the tunnel and soared up to the three dragonets. Clay realized they were about to discover his missing wire. He lunged away from the two who came up to get him, flapping and whacking their heads with his wings. Here, stop it or we'll drop you, one of the one of them snarls snarled. But he's a the other one started. Shh said the first. You heard the queen. We don't call him that. It was enough in the confusion in the dark that they thought the other had unclipped the, that leg and they flew him down to the sand without catching their mistake. Tsunami and Starflight both gave Clay concerned looks and he realized that he must have still had a fair amount of blood and mud crusted on his gills. Bring them this way, Clay. Or, bring them this way, Queen Scarlet snapped, stomping into the tunnel with Burn. Clay reached out and brushed the wings with Tsunami as they were shoved along. Whatever happens next, at least he was still with his friends now. That is the end of this episode. Remember, please contact me through my email, frozenwaterthehybrid at gmail.com, or send me a voice message. Don't forget to say that send me one before you send the one that you want in the episode. Like, tell me. I don't even have to put them in the episode. You can just send me voice messages. 
for me to listen to. But if you want me to put it in the episode, just say that in a recording before you send the one that you want in the episode. And don't forget to listen to my latest episode, The Collab with Mango, the Ringing 12th. And go check out that podcast, please do. And then also, that it would do me a big favor. Can you please rate my podcast the way you think it should be rated? And also, can you listen to Talon's Teeth and Claws by Sendu the Leafling? I know Sendu hasn't posted in a while, but I think it would help a lot. Goodbye.